This is Fragmented Reality, a digital bulletin podcast designed to bust the buzzwords that dominate enterprise technology. In this episode, Daniel Brigham shares a clutch of eggs, each containing an industry buzzword, with Natalie Sidwell and Karthik Shuriman from customer data platform provider Segment. Okay, Nat, so if I can ask you to open up uh, the first egg, please. Which colour are you going to go for? Okay, I'm going pink. Going pink. And digital evangelist. Oh, wow. Digital evangelist, then. So, would either of you call yourselves digital evangelists? I don't know. No, I don't. Going to go and try to spread digital things, so maybe not. So, what would you say digital evangelist sort of means to you? in terms of what do they do in a company and does a company need a digital evangelist? So I've worked at a previous company where we had one and he was actually really useful in uh, speaking to customers and really telling like the high level story of it. And I always felt like that was a quite a, a good role to have at a company. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you're trying to maybe shift cultures uh, and maybe shift cultures to be more digital, yeah. maybe a role that could be very helpful because you need somebody who can excite others about uh, digital technologies and whatnot. And yeah, it could be a role that could work very well for that. Is it something that perhaps has become a slightly sort of negative byword because people think of them as somebody do a lot of talking but maybe not a lot of doing? Is that, was that your experience of it, Nat? Or? So they don't have much accountability in an organisation. So they go, you know, often to uh, events and like, you know, talk to magazines and you know they do all of the like, you know, it's like almost an aside to marketing. Yeah. Um, now that they that they do, um, so it is very closely aligned with that. Um, so yeah, I, I can understand why some people think that a role that's maybe not needed. I think uh, at Segment we could um, benefit from it because it's an area that people don't understand very well. It's like a new um, sort of space in the market. And so you could probably use it for that, although, you know, eventually maybe it becomes one of those things where people are just talking and, you know, going for lunch with everybody and yeah. getting to know people, like, which is, you know, a fairly nice job if you're quite outgoing. And, and I suppose it also matters how genuine you are as a digital evangelist. If you're just out there posting stuff on LinkedIn all the time, just sharing stuff without any meaning, you know. It doesn't make so much sense. There are people out there like yeah. that. Yeah. But then there's some folks who are just at the core very interested in uh, the digital world and every small things that are happening there. Uh, you know, they find out before the next like a thousand people do, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you're genuinely uh, interested about that, then I think it could work very well for you. Sure. So, but is it something that's aspirational for either of you two, though? No, uh, no, 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 maybe for you. Actually, I admit I like the uh, that pieces of it, but I wouldn't consider that as the main role. But I do like some functions of that mm. to incorporate in my role. Sure, today. you'd stick it on your business card then. Great. More like tech enthusiast than evangelist. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's the word yeah. evangelist. Yeah. It sort of like sounds like somebody that you know. Seems so, a little bit too pushy in some ways. Yeah, like too. have yeah. a like yeah. exact purpose, like, yeah. you know. Whereas, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very a bit of a fluffy word. I suppose it's quite Californian, I suppose yeah. the word, isn't it? Yeah, you might imagine someone with a ponytail who's you know well, over Steve fifty Jobs and being like an evangelist. You know, somebody. No. Can everybody be an evangelist? I think I think probably yeah. If yeah. you put it if you put it on your LinkedIn, if you then. decide you are, then you <laughs> yeah. are. You know? yeah. yeah, that's the problem. 
great. So m- maybe moving on to number two. If, if Karthik, you want to choose the second egg, what colour are you going to go for? Yellow. Alright. What have we got? Let's see. We have blockchain. Blockchain, then. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so Karthik has sighed and Nat has laughed. So what does that mean, then? What does that tell us about blockchain? Well, it's one of these things that, uh, you know, you you it feels like it's me trying to be applied for everything, um, but it seems to be not working in most places. Sure. Uh, that's what I feel when I look at blockchain most times. There's various applications of it, but uh, nothing great emerging out of it yet. Uh, Does that apply across all industries, you think, or do you think blockchain needs to kind of be narrowed down to have more of a focus of where it can work? Well, I think it's just in that phase now. I think there will be uh, a category formation uh, that will come out of it. They're just in that phase at the moment. Because so. it's, I mean, it already feels like it's been a term that's been around for many years, but really it's it's in its infancy still as well. So yeah. where, where do you think it can take? Where do you think it can help with transformation? Um, I don't know. I think it's. I actually don't understand it. So I had a friend who worked in blockchain um, about four years ago, and I said, you know, what is blockchain? Can you explain it to me? And she explained it, and I was like, no, not getting that. Can you can you say it again, maybe in layman's terms? And then she said it, and I'm no, I'm not getting it. And you know, I sort of came to the conclusion that she didn't really know what it was either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, which so, is. Uh, that's the problem. Sums it. up what you know, yeah. buzzword pretty well, then, doesn't it? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe, uh, maybe one that you've yeah. got a little bit more familiarity yeah. with, then, if you want to choose one there, Nat. Digital transformation. Oh, right yeah. then. Yeah. Oh wow! This, you've leant forward there slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away. Uh, I mean, I think this is a pretty good one to be honest uh, I think uh, you know the more companies uh, uh, decide to go through that process uh, I think uh, it's great mm-hmm. uh, I think otherwise you're just kind of coasting in that maturity and you never really go through or never really leapfrog into a transformation right so I think adopting that for organizations I think it is uh, pretty key and useful it's quite sort of an umbrella term, I guess it's become. So in practice, what is it meant for, for you, digital transformation? How has that been applied? Um, for, for segment? Yeah. yeah. I think we allow companies to leapfrog into digital transformation. So something that would otherwise take companies much longer uh, to go through, we allow them to kind of catapult into that. Yeah, I think the same. I th- um most of the companies that I've worked at have benefited from digital transformation um, and segment is exactly the same. So I think this is a buzzword that does have a lot of meaning underneath it actually. Um, a lot of people say that they are doing digital transformation at the start and that means like something different to every single person. So I don't think that you can hear it and know exactly what they're doing and what they mean by that. Yeah. You have to like dig in. But once you dig in, there are some like flavors of it that are very similar almost to every org. And, and also, if you think about it, you know, how long has the internet been around, right? Uh, you know, a couple of decades, right? Mm. But how long have these businesses been around? You know, multiple decades, centuries even. Right? So if you look at their lifespan, the digital piece is very small and they're just at the beginning of it. So yes, they do need to transform from being this older, 
now century-old organization into what's been happening the last couple of decades, and you do need to go through that process in order to do that. I think that's a good point. I think transform like gives you the impression that something is completely different, and I actually think that you know your point is really good there about the lifespan of a company because. If you transform something, it's totally different from what it was before. And I think that that's the direction companies are going in. Yeah, and obviously it's a cultural shift as well. So what sort of challenges are involved in sort of in the transformation? What have you come across that are sort of those sort of key challenges? I think it's getting everybody aligned to like, to what do we mean at this organisation by transformation? And then are we, do we have the skills, the people and, and the rest of it to do it? Because... I see when you buy technology is like technology people process. So did we buy the right technology? Do we have the right process to implement it? And then do we have the right people to like take it on its journey? Mm. And I think a lot of companies think about digital transformation mainly as technology and they forget about the people in the process. So once they forget about the process, they've put a piece of technology and it looks fine for the moment. And then in you know a year's time, it's not fit for purpose anymore because nobody wrote down how to implement it. Nobody sure. wrote down any rules yeah. that they're going to use. And then in terms of the people and the skills, they didn't necessarily think about are the people that we have right now the sort of skills that we will need in two years' time and what's that look like. So I think those sometimes can be the like misfits with a transformation. Interesting. And I feel like whether you are transforming as a company digitally or not, your customers will transform. They've mm. already transformed, right? Uh, they're going to pick up the phone and look for your app. If you're not there, they're going to go to a different yeah. provider. Yeah. So they've transformed already. So mm. you kind of have to play catch up, but a better way to do it is be ahead of them, mm. where mm. you can actually be the one pioneering the various sort of digital products and whatnot that customers can adopt rather than playing catch-up all the time. Sure. Okay. Let's uh, move on to maybe a different colour this time. Let's go green. Green Oh, sorry. You can read it out. Yeah, yeah. I picked for you. Agile. Agile, then. (coughs) Big one, this. Agile is uh, an excuse to do everything really poorly. I'm just just kidding. Uh, yeah. It's quite a controversial one, actually, Agile, isn't it? It takes a lot for companies to embrace it and then get it right. So are you a fan of Agile or are you sceptical about it? I, it's proven. It's proven to be successful. There's mm. no doubt about it. Uh, I think, you know, again, it's one of those things that if you're just adopting the term but not really adopting it to the core of yeah. what it fundamentally is, then you're probably going to get it wrong. What would you say it fundamentally is then? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be the expert to speak about uh, Agile, uh, but uh, it, it is certainly a, a new framework that every company should experiment with and uh, try and get right, uh, because again, it, it is proven to be successful. And I guess, well, does it help to embrace change as well, Agile? It could have adds those sort of perimeters you can work within, has a little bit of leeway, to fail even, which is where it can become unsuccessful, but does it sort of promote sort of change as well? Well, I think if you maybe adopt it correctly, yes. Uh, Mm. The previous company I worked at, there was a lot of um, implementation uh, at the application layer. So that's the first like part where people change and say, you know, we're going agile. And then when you got under the covers, they were like talking about agile, but their project was in a waterfall project. So they weren't doing agile at all, they were just, Mm you know, saying they are and then actually doing something else. 
because maybe that's because that's a comfortable way of working for them and maybe they feel out of control sometimes with many things happening at the same point or they're not set up for actually everything to happen at the same time uh, to a degree so you know they talked about agile and then they did waterfall um, and then I think that that has a link in some ways to like DevOps yeah in the way that people talk about you know we're doing DevOps and then when you actually like speak to people like the devs never wanted to do the operations role and you know I worked for a monitoring company so you know they'll say yeah we're doing DevOps well, what about monitoring Mwah. like I'm not going to do the support side of it and yeah. like, but I thought you were doing DevOps and they're like meh <laughs> <laughs> half-hearted yeah, yeah. Like, so I think that that's the kind of thing that happens sometimes like you know, if people are like fundamentally strong in one like skill set area, you're trying to like sort of adapt them into something else that they don't have much interest in. Okay. Like, can you ever really be successful with that? Yeah. So yeah, it kind of it moves away slightly from people's skill sets as well, which you know, for a long time people have said you should empower people to work within their school skill sets, and now they're suddenly being asked to work sort of across other skill sets as yeah. well. Yeah. Great. Okay. Let's uh, crack into another egg then, please. What colour you pick? Uh, let's go blue. 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 Customer centricity. Right then, customer centricity. Definitely one we love. <laughs> so and customers love. Yep. Uh, and everybody says they're doing. Yes. But then when you interact with a brand and the experience is really poor, they don't always like fix it. And I have like a personal example. I was like, I booked a hotel. And I booked the wrong hotel by mistake um, and it didn't have parking. So I called up uh, this particular provider and I said, I need to switch the hotel. And basically ended up on a support call where I was like coordinating the call <laughs> saying, right, you call this person and conference me in and I'm going to explain the situation because they had explained it poorly. Right. Yeah. And therefore they were like, no, we can't do it. And then in the end of the call, which took 45 minutes, uh, the, the call handler agent was like, uh, you know, is there anything else I can help you with? I was like, no, actually, is there anything I can help you with? <laughs> and they thought that that was like customer like centric. Like, yeah. you know, they're helping me. I'm like, no, no, you just took 45 minutes of my day to do something that should have taken two. Sure. So, so everyone wants to say they're putting customers first, but how do you kind of implement that culture where it, that is not just a box ticking exercise, but it's something that's at the core of your business? I think it's how you hire people. You right. either hire people that are like that or, you're, or they're not. Yeah. I, I fundamentally believe you, like, you can't force people to be interested in other people and to have that almost like caring side mm. of, of your nature. So if you don't want to do a role like that, then you, know, you, should, you probably shouldn't. However, it has to come from the hiring of a company because if they don't have you know, ways to like, test that in the hiring process, they're going to hire people who say, yeah, yeah, I'm customer centric. Yeah. And then every time they get an email that they can't be bothered to reply to, you know, they delete it or they don't. And so then it falls down. And I think you're as bad as your lowest common denominator in that space. And I think you, you know, like these frameworks like Agile, etc. you could almost make customer centricity a framework by itself mm. where you can have your products uh, built around the concept of customer centricity, your teams built around it, your marketing, uh, you know, every function uh, has to follow a customer-centric model. Um, and I think some companies are doing that really well without necessarily putting a framework around it. Uh, but in many ways, it, it, it can carry over to like every single piece of your organization uh, that making sure that each one of those are customer-centric. 
Great, okay. Let's uh, maybe go into the, f the final one then. I'm not sure what number we're on now. I've lost count. Uh, the fifth one? Five, yeah. This, so you pick. Go with pink. Let's finish with a pink. This feels a bit like snooker. Yeah. Like, which ball are you going for? I'm going to go for the pink one. All oh, right. Future of work. Future of work. Amazing. Wow. Is, uh, so let's talk about, let's get head into the future then. Yeah. What yeah. is it going to look like in 10 years' time? How is, what's the working environment going to look like in 10 years' time? Yeah, it's an exciting topic, obviously. Uh, I think uh, COVID, you know, interestingly... Uh, force this shift on us. I think a lot of people wanted to experiment with the future of mm -hmm. work, but we couldn't because it was just causing a lot of disruption. Sure. But now we have the perfect platform to experiment with the future of work, right? Like, what does that look like? Uh, we're learning a lot of things that are not working now already, uh, and we are also learning some things are working. I think the ones that I find really interesting is like what happens to. Uh, Ge geographically, what happens to cities? You know, this is are they even as important anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, like so those sort of like economic centers uh, is one that I'm really curious to uh, see what happens to them, uh, whether the value of them goes down quite a bit. If you had to make a prediction, what, what do you what do you think? Uh, on that, I think there will be a shift. Mm -hmm. I think we're already seeing that in a matter of months. Give it years, it is absolutely going shift right um, uh, and uh, but that aside there's just a lot of question marks we just don't know sure. uh, maybe we'll find out that it doesn't work either and we all have to be in one space and things are just much better uh, with that right like we just don't know you know um, tend to disagree I think fundamentally like people are people and right. they have to interact with others and you know, there's a reason that people move to a city like London, like as cosmopolitan as it is. And, you know, you can do everything on your doorsteps or 3am, 4am, you know, you can do anything that you want at any time. And actually, I feel like people have moved into like instant gratification and a city like is set up for that and anywhere else is not. And so I think people had this like idealistic like vision of like working from home and like going downstairs in the morning, getting their coffee, like being at their desk, like having all this free time. And now we've got all this free time to do what? And actually we don't even have as much free time because you spend all your time having mm -hmm. half an hour conversations that normally would take two minutes mm -hmm. and like not having as much fun. And so I don't think that it will last. I genuinely think people will like decide, not companies will decide, people will decide that they want to like interact and come back. Yeah. However, yeah. I do think Zoom will continue to rule the world. <laughs> like it'll rule the world in like just a different form. Like right. I genuinely believe like companies like Zoom are, you know, are the next Amazons. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I mean I kinda look at it as like emails and sending greeting cards and letters, right? Yeah, we lost a lot of fun uh, by not sending yeah. letters and greeting cards. So am I not getting a card for my birthday tomorrow? <laughs> like, is, is that what you're telling me? It'll be an e-greeting card. Oh, <laughs> I can't put that on my like mantelpiece. So personal, aren't they? E-greeting e cards. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think we lose a lot of good along the way, mm. uh, but it'll still shift. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying it is the best spot to get to, but I feel like the shift is bound to happen. Do you so, not think it's like the book market? how people had a Kindle, like I've never used a Kindle in my life and I just would not read a book on a Kindle, like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, again, I feel like, the, you know, 
unfortunately, there's just a lot less readers now than there were before. Uh, so that's probably one of the good things we've lost, which now I think a lot of the good things we do gain back. We go yeah. full circle and we yeah. gain back. So maybe we will. I don't know what it's going to take form like and it will uh, come back to it. But along the way, I think we're going to lose some of the things that we just do um, today you know, and, then, and then, you know, come back to the good at the end of it. So you think nostalgia will take over eventually? Yeah, there'll be some parts that will come yeah. back, but some parts will just forever lose. Right? Yeah. Like, we, we, you know, uh, yeah, so. It's interesting to think of going to the office as nostalgic. Yeah. Now. But, you know, like certain like styles of homes or like carpets or hairstyles or things like that, you know, people ridicule them and then yeah. they're all of a sudden they're back. Right. You right. know, shoulder pads were back for a while and I'm, you know, yeah. my mum was like, I used to have a jacket like that. And I'm like, oh. So what you're saying is 2021 is going to be people going to the offices with perms and shoulder pads. Though. Yeah. That's what, that's what we've got to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they do that in California already, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great. Well, on, on that note of shoulder pads, then I think that's a wrap. Thank you very much both for joining us on Fragmented Reality. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank yeah. you very much. Power up your day with the Bulletin Brief, the latest news, insights and opinion delivered straight to your inbox.